you know, I, I have a set of priorities, you know, I have a, have a lot of goals and, you know, every once in a while, I just have to stop and say, okay, you know, I've got to spend time with the kids. You know, I try to, I try to spend as much time on weekends as I can um, with the kids. Um, you know, so my, my son loves adventure, you know, so the, the whole, um, Iron Man is probably his favorite movie ever. So on weekends, I'll try to sit down and watch a, you know, Iron Man with my son. All right, folks, thank you for joining the Millionaire Enlisted tonight. Um, with us, we have Brian Briscoe, and I have my co-host, uh, Jeremy Buendia and Nelson Honghuzu. Um, Brian has been doing amazing things in the real estate industry as well in the Marine Corps. Um, uh, he has a long, um, from what we see on LinkedIn, long and amazing career in the military uh, and then also in real estate. We're going to dive more into that and see what his adventures are, how he balanced everything. Um, Brian, if you could take it away and just give us a little bit more of, you know, what you've been doing, how you started in, in real estate as well as in your military career. Okay. All right. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm uh, 40 something years old right now, you know, so, you know, graduated high school in the nineties and, you know, something funny, one of, one of the kids that uh, graduated with me got a scholarship to the Naval Academy. All right. And he was one of the smartest kids in my high school. All right. Um, also an athlete. And I, I, that's how I knew him. But uh, I remember looking at him and saying, why are you wasting such a good brain and such so much talent on the military? Now, it was one of those things where, you know, I, I had no idea at the time, you know, where my life would take me. But, uh, you know, same time, it just kind of tells you how close minded I was as a 17 as a year old. Um, but uh you know, my, my parents always told me, you know, go to college, get a good job, you know, and, and that job security is going to take care of you, you know, so you know, it was on that, you know, I need to go to college. And so that's what I did. I went to, I went to Utah uh, for a while. Um, you know, when I was at church, went to uh, Chile and spent two years in Chile, um, came back in math. And I wanted to be a college professor. You know, I wanted to um, teach math, math at the college level. Um, I didn't have patience for you know high school students, but I but I really liked math and I really liked teaching. So, you know, got into the the master's program at the University of Utah um, because you, you need you actually need a PhD to teach at most colleges. So I figured, okay, bachelor's, master's, PhD, teach college, awesome. Um, you know, at one point, you know, I just kind of had you know the, the light bulb moment that, that a lot of people talk about. Um, I had some, some math professors who were very socially awkward, you know, awesome guys, you know, very brilliant. But at one point I realized that I don't want to be like them. I want to have their jobs, but I don't want to be like them. And so I started looking for other things to do. You know, what, what can I do? Um, you know, I also had the realization that if I do exactly what they did, I will become what they are. You know, it scared me. So I started looking for other things. And, you know, lo and behold, um, I remember talking to a friend who was a Marine reservist. I'm thinking, you know what? Marines. That sounds pretty cool. Honestly, I had no idea what it was. You know, so I went into recruiter, talked to the recruiter. You know, he asked me a bunch of questions. And, uh, you know, I looked at Army, Navy, Air Force as well. But uh, um, end of the day, I came back to the Marines. And uh, I actually shipped to boot camp. Um, you know, 
contract PFC. You know, they're going to give me E2 straight off the bat. You know, I'm so happy. Um, <laughs> three days after getting a master's degree, you know, so, you know, I show up to boot camp with a master's degree. And, uh, you know, Jeremy, I, I'm sure you understand. I, pro- I had a lot of attention, you know, the first couple of days, you know, a lot of attention from all the drill instructors. I mean, I'd have drill instructors from, you know, the other series come into our squad bay. Where's the math guy? Where's that guy with the master's degree? Yeah. You know, and of course, all the other recruits would, you know, point to me. And I'd be like, oh, here it comes again. Uh, but uh, so, you know, I, I enlisted more to to broaden myself, you know. Um, of course, I was patriotic, you know, and that there was that part as well. You know, duty to country, duty um, well, was, was important to me. Um, but what I didn't know is a month after I graduated, um, the World Trade Center would go down. You know, so I graduated boot camp August 4th, 2001, um, moved my family, which was a wife and, and one daughter, um, to Minneapolis, Minnesota to start a PhD program. And, you know, two weeks after starting school, World Trade Center went down, you know, and that was, that was, that changed, you know, my, the whole course of everything, you know, so, you know, I started thinking, you know, hey, I'm a, I'm a PFC right now. I have a degree. Eventually, I'm going to get called up. Eventually, I'm going to go to war. And in my mind, I was thinking, okay, do I want to go as a PFC or do I want to go as a second lieutenant? Big you know, you know, big difference. <laughs> yeah, big difference. You know, so um, big difference in pay, big difference in responsibilities. Um, you know, so you know, backtrack. You know, so September 11th was a Tuesday. So the Friday before September 11th. I checked into my reserve unit. I went to the first sergeant. The first sergeant found out I had a degree and said, you're going to go talk to the OSO before I sign your check-in sheet. And I'm like, what's an OSO? He said, oh, he's, he's the officer recruiter. Just go talk to him. So I get in my car. I drive off to the officer recruiter's office. He explains to me, you know, hey, here's how to get in. Here's what you do. And it boiled down to, to, to basically one thing. He said, you basically got to figure out what you want more. Do you want to be a Marine? officer or do you want to get a phd and i looked at him i'm like i'm a marine it doesn't matter to me whether i'm a listed officer i'm a marine that's good enough i want to get a phd okay three days later september 11th um i couldn't get through on his phone line i called him half a dozen times finally did a day later um i got him on the line and it was a staff sergeant my case staff sergeant uh remember me we talked on friday he's like yep i remember you you're you're, you're the math guy like, uh, can I come fill out? Can I come down and fill out those papers now? Like, yep, I went over. So, you know, long story short, you know, filled out the papers and went to OCS. Um, incidentally, I got a letter from the University of Minnesota that uh, says that I can go back to the math PhD program when my tour in the Marines is done. Use those words, tour in the Marines is done. Um, so, you know, eventually I'm going to show up in Minnesota with that paper and just, um, I have no intention of, of, of being a, a PhD student again. I just want to see somebody's face when I put that on the table and say, I'm back. Um, but, uh, so that, that started my, my military career, you know, my, my first, uh, uh, first duty station was Okinawa. Um, you know, and I went there and. You know, like, like a lot of people, I, I read Rich Dad Poor Dad, you know, and that just kind of sparked something in me. And I thought, okay, I need to figure out 
how to get this passive income thing working. Um, and the real estate thing was what really appealed to me. Um, and, you know, I, I realized now I had a lot of limiting beliefs. I kind of looked at what I could do. And I said, well, I can buy a single family home. That's something that's easy. Anybody can do it. I can rent a single family home. You know, commercial real estate seemed like it was a bridge too far. You know, multifamily apartments seemed like it was a bridge too far. So, you know, come back to the U.S. Uh, after that tour, um, you know, bought a first house in my, my hometown. Um, a year later, I bought a, bought a house in, in San Diego. Um, the plan was to buy a house a year until, you know, um, forever. Um, eventually, the bank saw, stopped lending to me. You know, it's like, you know, you're, you're a captain, you know, single income. You got two kids. You got two mortgages, you know, that... You know, so, so banks stopped lending to me because I was too much of a risk. Um, so in a way, I kind of put my dreams on hold for a second, you know, did a couple of deployments, you know, Iraq, Afghanistan, Muse, um, ended up living overseas again. And, uh, you know, a lot of stuff just got in the way, um, you know, and then, you know, fast forward, you know, 2016, 2017, I deployed again on a new, um, uh, I probably should explain what a MU is. I, I know uh, uh, some people here know, but uh, Marine Expeditionary Unit, you know, a bunch of Marines going on a Navy ship, um, floating around, you know, a random ocean. Um, but had a lot of time to think, you know, had a lot of extra time on my hands. And so started thinking about life, started thinking about, you know, um, where my career was taking, you know, and, and what, um, what I really wanted to get. And I kind of realized that I'd given up on all the passive income dreams. I'd given up on everything except for the Marine Corps career. I still had two rental properties. Um, but you know, I wanted more. So every time we'd pull into port and I'd get Wi-Fi, I'd go on to you know, Amazon, and I would download you know, dozens and dozens of books on real estate. I read it all. I mean, fix and flip. I mean, the Burr method, um, lease options, you know, multifamily, commercial real estate, every book I could get up my hand on. Basically, if it was on Amazon bookstore and it cost us 10 bucks, I bought it. You know, I, I'd probably spend, you know, $100, $200 every port call just downloading books wow. and you know, go back to, you know, the, the ship where I had plenty of time and just read and read and read and read. Um, and I gravitated towards multifamily. I think the, the first multifamily book I read was like, uh, you know, Big Money in Small Apartments. It's just a really quick read. I think it's a bigger Ryan, what, one. Yeah. When, 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 when did this happen, uh, the multifamily idea? 2016, 2017. Uh, I mean, the deployment started October 16. We got home in May of 17. You know, so that's really when I started, you know, thinking about this, you know. Every port call, so, you know, first port call, I just, you know, real estate, real estate, real estate. Then the next port call, you know, I get my phone, I start I start focusing on multifamily. So I get every multifamily or apartment book. Like, and, you know, I really started liking the apartment ideas. Um, you know, so fast forward, get back to San Diego, I start looking at podcasts, you know, and the... Um, there was four of them that I, I had in my regular rotation. Um, Michael Blanc was one of them. Um, Rod Cleef was another one. Incidentally, I am at Rod Cleef's event in Los Angeles right now. So, um, you're having you know, a good time out there, I imagine. 
<laughs> yeah, there's my, there's my, my Rod Cleef badge right there, having a good time. Um, and, you know, Joe Fairless was one that I listened to all the time. And then Kevin Buck, I mean, he, he focuses more on mobile homes, but he also you know, brought a lot of different people into his podcast. So, you know, every time I was at the gym, I had headphones on. I'd be listening to a podcast. You know, riding my motorcycle between from work, I had headphones in. I'd be listening to a podcast. Um, I mean, everywhere I was, I was at by myself, I would have headphones in listening to a podcast, you know, um, and just the way the Marine Corps is, you know, I had two years, um, on station. I knew I was moving. I had no idea where. So in my mind, I just said, well, San Diego is a horrible place to invest right now because I, I looked, I did, you know, I, I found a fourplex in, in Oceanside that cost 1.2 million. Yeah. I'm like, mm, that's, that's, that's a little much right now, you know? Um, so I made the decision to wait until I PCS um, to figure out where to invest. Um, then I get my orders to the Pentagon and I'm like, Oh geez, I work the Pentagon. Um, but, uh, Northern Virginia. And, um, I remember I met my, my in-laws house in Idaho, you know, leave uh, on leave in conjunction with PCS. And I'm listening to Michael Blunt podcast. And he mentions that he lives in Northern Virginia. Huh. He's in Northern Virginia. I'm going to be in Northern Virginia. And went to his website, sort of looking to see what, what else he had. And I got onto his, I think it's called like the ultimate guide course, you know, costs you know, a little bit of money. And I thought, all right, you know, I'll just, I'll just jump in with, with Michael Blanc, you know? So, um, get out there, go to one of his events. You know, I burned through his course as quickly as I could, you know, lots of videos, lots of things to read. Um, did you do and, the, did you do the membership, the mentorship? I mean, uh, I did, but not at this point. I ended up doing that, um, but uh, that that came just a little later. So um, at this point, it was just the online course. I decided to go to one of his events, um, live event in, in the DC area, and um, my goal was to try to buy something by myself and get some credibility, and then try to syndicate. You know, so. Uh, bring in a lot of other investors and you know, buy something. Um, at the time, I didn't think that you know anybody would give me their money uh, to invest in apartments if I hadn't had a track record, if I hadn't done it myself. Um, so I go to the Michael Blanc event and you know just completely open my mind to the possibilities. You know, I'm around a lot of people who um, have bought apartment buildings. And the idea of partnership for the first time was actually a reality. I mean, it's something that I've heard about a lot. You can partner with people. But all of a sudden, I had a whole room full of people who were all wanting to do the same thing, looking for the same thing, and all looking for partners. You know, so it was just at that moment, I thought, you know, what? I'm not going to try to buy, you know, the fourplex, or the sixplex, or the tenplex. Um, I want to get something bigger. Um, and at the same time, I started talking to everybody who were, you know, um, all, a lot of Michael Monk's, you know, coaches were there and everybody had a name tape, a name tag. And on the name tag, they had little colors indicating what they were doing. You know, some people were, were mentoring students, some people were the mentors. And, you know, I kind of made it my goal to talk to everybody there about the mentorship program. 
know, the coaches and the students. And uh, um, so I walked away from that event with a whole new perspective. You know, the idea of, number one, I can partner with somebody who has experience um, and go from zero to, to a lot faster than um, what I was planning on doing. And number two, I also kind of made the decision that I was going to, I wanted a mentor. You know, I didn't want to try to you know, learn everything you know, in school of hard knocks. I wanted a mentor. So, um, you know, the two houses that we, we had purchased, um, we, we sold one um, right before that time. So I had cash in the bank, um, sold another one just, just after. Um, and, and the intention with that was to take all of our profits from those home sales and, and move it into apartment investing. So, I mean, that was really, you know, I guess that the, the next catalyst, you know, besides the first step before that, that was just you know, that one event, being around so many people um, and just being around the energy of it all. So, so let me ask you this, um, Brian, sorry yeah. to, to cut you off. He, uh, Go ahead. Would you say that going to those events or talking to other people, listening to all these stories, does that help eliminating the, uh, the, the limited belief? that you cannot make it to that level? Oh, absolutely. I mean, um, you know, and at the time, I, I, I thought that I was thinking big about, you know, getting an eight months. You know, I'm like, yeah, I can get an eight plex. That's awesome. You know, it's like eight, eight single-family houses in one, you know. Um, I didn't quite 10x my dreams. I 8x my dreams, you know. Um, you know, but getting there and talking to people who were, you know, who had thousands of doors, you know, and hearing their stories, it was just like, man, I'm not thinking big enough. Um, so, I mean, there, there's lots of research. There's a lot of people who say you, you're the average of the five people you hang around the most, you know, and I'm just like, I want to hang around these guys, you know. Um, you know, and there, there are a couple of guys in particular that really, you know, stood out to me, you know, um, you know, one of them I partnered with on, on one of our deals, a guy named Drew Whitson. Um, and then, you know, Daniel Woodford, who's a uh, retired Air Force guy, you know, um, and his partner, Christine Jefferson. I mean, those those three people were, were ones that I talked to, and I walked away thinking, man, I want to be like them. I want to do it there. Yeah. Um, so is this so, what you decided to specialize in, and this is your niche now, uh, multifamily syndication? Is that the right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So prior to it was, you know, buy a single, buy, buy something by myself. I wanted to do the syndication. Yeah. But I had the limiting belief that I, I had to do something by myself and multifamily first before I could do a syndication. Yeah. And so is I was calling, case, you know, case? brokers. Is that, that the case that you have? No, to absolutely. Okay. Absolutely not. Um, you know, and, and a lot of people, you know, do single family first because they just don't think you can go from single family to multifamily you know, or, or you, they don't think you can go straight into multifamily without single family experience. That is also not the case. I mean, um, there, there's a big hurdle and a big barrier to entry, but quite frankly, you know, owning five or 10 or a hundred single family homes doesn't really help you that much in the multifamily space. And I think it takes the same. Um, you know, it's, it, it's, it's a whole lot of effort. Um, so if you look at the mechanics of closing a single family house, 
mechanics of closing on a multifamily are very similar. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you, you do due diligence. I mean, you're taking due diligence to a whole new level, but you do a due diligence period. You know, it's usually seven to 10 days with single family, multifamily, 30 days, you know, more if you can get it, you know, and then you have a lending contingency, um, same thing with multifamily, you got to get your loan together, um, you know, so that the process is similar. But our, our first deal was 55 units. Um, it wasn't 55 times harder than buying a single family. Um, definitely harder, but not 55 times harder. Um, yeah, so yeah, there, there's there's nothing that says you absolutely have to go from zero to, to single family to a fourplex to an eightplex before you put your, um, put your sights on something bigger. Do you think your military experience uh, set you up as far as um, I don't know discipline and, and how to how to go into a lot of these meetings and encounter people, maybe negotiate too as well. You know, um, there, there's a lot of good things that military did for me. Um, you know, I'm I'm a lieutenant colonel, and you know that there's a lot of people who are who are very patriotic. Um, I know you guys being military, you probably get thanked for your service a lot. You know, so um, at first it was something remember you know so um at first i kind of used it to set myself apart you know i'd introduce myself to people oh, hey i'm an active marine i work at pentagon and, and people remembered that you know and so when i follow up we talked at uh you know this last meetup meet up like that you talked to like 50 maybe 100 people and like, yeah, I was the Marine. Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember you. Um, so it, it, it's, I think there's a lot of credibility in, in having served on, on active duty. Um, you know, um, my partners use, uh, um, on our website, uh, there, there's a picture of me in my, um, in my uniform. Um, when we were creating the website, my partners asked me for a, a headshot. And I was slow at sending him the headshot. So they just Googled my name and it was my, my battalion XO picture, you know? And so they, they just put that on the website and I finally sent him a headshot and they're like, Nope, we're using this one. Uh-huh. I'm like, eh, come on guys. Like, no, we're using it. Yeah. Like, you don't know how many people look at that. And, you know, it's just automatic respect. So, Absolutely. um, so I called my lawyer, but called my lawyer buddy and said, Hey, Kenny, can we actually do that? He's like, yeah, it's, it's all right. It's your picture. Um, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah it's, it's my picture, but it's, it's my picture in a, in a Marine uniform. You know? I know. So, um, yeah. So I, I just wanted to make sure that, uh, that we weren't crossing lines. He's like, yeah, you're, you're okay. Um, so yeah, as far as that goes, I think everybody has a story. Um, and everybody's story is unique and you kind of take bits and pieces from your story um, people are going to relate with, you know, or, or, or the people can, can use, you know, so there's lots of parts about my life that I'm not going to you know, use to, to gain credibility because you know, it's just not going to do that. So yeah, in a lot of ways, um, people don't really understand. I think a lot of times military members do, but they respect it. Um, and then in my job, I mean, we manage people, we manage programs, um, and 
that's that's basically what, what I'm doing now as an asset manager. I'm managing property managers, you know, and we have a budget, you know, a renovation budget, matching renovation. We're doing renovations. We're doing timelines. We're trying to keep things on time and under cost. And that's 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 all very similar to what you know the type of things that I've done, you know, as as a military officer. So yeah, a lot of things from active duty have absolutely translated to business. So you, you kind of hit on it. Um, you know, you mentioned your company um, and, you know, I've been I've been following what, what you're doing. And, I, and, you know, I knew you were at that event. I think that's awesome. Uh, you're, you're networking. But for Oaks uh, Capital, um, you know, I you know, you sent me a link to to like the page. I, I did. I think it's you know, I think you guys are, are it's a home run. So tell us a little bit about for Oaks Capital. And, you know, uh, I know you closed on a 40 unit recently and you're obviously working on more. So how, how's that going? So uh, for Oaks Capital, I'm, I'm very fortunate. I have three wonderful partners, um, four of us. That's why it's called Four Oaks. Um, you know, I met my, my partners through the Michael Blanc program. Um, you know, Eric Shirley is our director of acquisitions. Um, he's based out of Wilmington. Um, he's actually closer to Camp Lejeune than he is Wilmington. Uh, but, uh, you know, most people don't know where Camp Lejeune is. Um, you know, Todd Butler is uh, our, our director of finance. Um, he's out of Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Brian Mallon is out of New Jersey. He's our director of marketing. So um, that's that's who's in Froke's Capital. Um, we're all about the same point in our careers. We're all, you know, mid-level management, upper-level management type, and all looking to, to basically make an exit from the W-2 job. So where we're focused on, um, we really like the Carolinas um, and the Southeast in general. You know, if you look at economics and demographics, you know, where's the money moving and where are the people moving in the U.S.? Um, along the East Coast, it's from North to South. You know? So in Northeast, is losing population. They're losing money. And it's all going to the Southeast. So, um, you know, our, our first syndication was um, 55 units. It was a... Um, it was a portfolio. So there was a 16 unit apartment and a 39 unit apartment. Um, so we closed on that one, um, you know, several months ago, we're, you know, well under our way on our renovations on that one. Um, really, really unique building in downtown Spartanburg, South Carolina. Um, I think it's going to be a home run for us. Um, and the one we just closed on was a 33 unit in Columbia. That's going to be a, a heavy reposition. Um, it was a, at about 70% occupancy when we bought it, um, you know, so we're going to fix it up a little bit. We, we paid, the owner paid $850 when he bought it in like 2004, all right? We paid $768 for 33 units in 2019, you know, so we bought it for like $90,000 less, $80,000 less than what paid for it you know 15 years ago so um it's distressed though i mean um we're, we're gonna put new asphalt in we're gonna put new siding in we're gonna put uh you know new windows on everything we're gonna do a light rehab on the interiors um and make it look nice and respectable again so um that brings us up to 88 units that we've we, we currently manage um we've got another 80 units under contract um in South Carolina, just outside of Greenville, a little city called Pickens. Um, 
Incidentally, Clemson University is in Pickens County, and Pickens is the, the seat of Pickens County. So um, apparently they've got a good football team. Um, but, uh, yeah, we're, we're underway on that project. Um, finished due diligence on it and, you know, we're waiting to get this lending piece in place. Um, so that's, that's the next one for us. And, you know, we're, we're always looking for next, the next thing. Um, our goal for 2020 is 50 units. You know, we, we did 88, um, in our first year, um, three different apartments. We, we think we can do, you know, we think we can close on four this year and, you know, between the four of them add up to, to 500 units. Okay. So all this is great. It's, it's really awesome to see the thing that you're doing. My question is to you is, um, I don't know whether you have a family or not, whether you have kids or not, but if you do, how do you balance that, that lifestyle and the stress that comes from doing all of that with also being a family man? You know, you know that's, yes, I, I'm married. I've been married for 21 and a half years. Um, you know, I've got five kids. Um, so, you know, number one, um, you know, I've got an amazing wife, you know, so um, I work at the Pentagon. You know, fortunately, I have a job with a little bit of flexibility, um, but uh, um, it's, it's juggling. I mean, a lot of times I feel like I'm juggling, but, um, you know, I, I have a set of priorities. You know, I have a, have a lot of goals and, you know, every once in a while I just have to stop and say, okay, you know, I've got to spend time with the kids. You know, I try to, I try to spend as much time on weekends as I can um, with the kids. Um, you know, so my, my son loves adventure. You know, so the, the whole um, Iron Man is probably his favorite movie ever. So on weekends, I'll try to sit down and watch a, you know, Iron Man with my son or, or something like that. You know? um, last weekend took the kids hiking. So, um, you know, while they were playing baseball, I tried to make, you know, Tuesday evenings with, with baseball. So, it's it's just a it's just a matter of you know planning your time out properly. Um, I mean, ideally, I'd like to spend more time with my kids, um, but at the same time, you know, I'm going to retire from the Marine Corps in about 18 months, and there's going to be a drastic dip in my income. You know, so going from you know what I make right now as a, as a lieutenant colonel to a retired lieutenant colonel pay, you know what I'm doing now is going to make it so that when I retire, you know, we, we don't lose any income. We, we can still maintain the same standard of living as we're, we're, we're doing now. So to answer your question, um, you know, eight o'clock at night, you know, nine thirty, nine o'clock at night when the kids are in bed, I'm sitting in front of my laptop, you know, and, and just pounding away, you know, looking over stuff. All right. And I think that's, that's hard for, a lot of real estate investors that balance. But so, you know, my brother was uh, jumping, cheering you on over there because he's also retiring mm -hmm. in uh, 18 months. But do, awesome. you, but do you, um, one, do you think you could have started this earlier? And two, for those of us who are doing this while active duty, and for example, I have about 10 years, would, would you recommend, you know, the whole 20 or in, in trying to reach that, that retirement goal, and I know everyone's different, everyone's goals are different, but from your perspective, you know, what do you suggest? Because, you know, you hear a lot of, hey, man, just 
gut it out. You got, you're at 13, you're at 10. Um, so what's your take on that? So could I have done it earlier? The answer is yes. Uh, I don't think mentally I was ready for it. You know, um, there was a point where I got comfortable, you know, um, you know, and, and, and you start getting promoted a couple of times, you start making more money and, you know, um, my problem is I got too comfortable. You know, when I was a lieutenant, I didn't plan on making this a career. When I was a young captain, I didn't plan on making this a career. I was like, I was in acquisition. And then I got comfortable. You know, I did a couple of deployments and, and everything else. I was making money. Um, you know, I, I, I try not to look back and regret, but part of me wishes that, you know, 2010, 2012, um, part of me wishes I was in that mental position where, I would have taken a chance, you know. I think, um, I think there was a big part of me that was afraid, you know, um, afraid of what would happen if I get out. Because there's a lot of job security with what we do, you know. On the enlisted side, you, you enlist, you got a contract, and it's pretty hard for the Marine Corps or the services in general to break that contract. I mean, you're in. You know, on the officer side, same thing. You know. It's, pretty hard to kick somebody out who doesn't want to get out you know so I was comfortable I had job security and you know part of me just didn't want to mess that up you know you, you get a promotion you're making more money you're like yep I finally made it you know um so as far as your your question you know what I recommend to a 10 you know, someone who's been in 10 or 13 years you know um look at look at where you're going to be at the 20 year mark with a military retirement, you're going to be at the 20 year mark without a military retirement. Um, and the other thing to, to offer is it's a different military retirement system that, uh, you know, people coming in now are under the I'm, I've got high three and I was locked into it. You know, now with the, the BRS, you know, there, there's different options. You know? So there's the, the, the matching TSP and, and uh, different options for you. So, um, you know, Looking back, if if I would have in you know 2012, with you know 10 or 11 years of service, started doing this and buying apartments, um, you know, I'd be making so much more money now than I am. So it's just a matter, you know, everybody's got to make the same same risk decisions. Yeah. You know, how much risk are you willing to take? You know, in 2012, I had my fourth kid. You know. So two older, two, four kids, you know, I, I did not have the mindset to be able to assume that much risk. At the time. Yeah. And to me, what was most important was the steady paycheck. So, and once again, it was, it was, a, it was fear. It was inside. I didn't want to, I didn't want to have to go through, you know, not being able to put food on the table. I got a question. I'm, I'm just curious. So, uh, um, Brian, I started the uh, the uh, enlisted uh, the military enlisted, right? Um, one because I'm, I'm enlisted, and yep. the, uh, the other one is because I wanted to help. Um, well, mainly the uh, the enlisted ones, right? I'm curious yeah. your from your perspective, right, as an officer. What is the uh, the conversation? What is the, uh, the 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 scuttlebutt about financial freedom? Uh, from the officer perspective, is it, is it, is it poking or is it a lot of uh, officers that are afraid and that's why they stick to the Marine Corps or is it just pure ignorance? 
You know, um, there are, you know, a lot of my peers, and it's not everybody, there's a lot of my peers who are going to retire and they're looking for another government job, you know. Um, they're going to walk out of the Pentagon wearing camis one day and walk into the Pentagon two days later wearing a business suit yeah. as a contractor or a DOD employee. Um, I think something the, the, you know, we don't talk about in the Marine Corps is financial freedom, you know, because it's kind of counterproductive to the, you know, keeping people in the Marine Corps. You know, if we, play, if we taught PFCs and Lance Corporals how to be financially free, you know, being, um, how long are they going to be PFCs? Yeah, how, how are we going to get PFCs and Lance Corporals to stay in the Marine Corps? Yeah. Um, so I, I, I think we need to do better than that. As, as I think with the new retirement system, you know, there, there's going to be a whole new dynamic, you know, because there, there's a whole new generation that, you know, they're getting matching TSP up to 5%. It's not a all or nothing retirement system like, like I'm in, where it's, you know, I get nothing at 19 years, 360 days, but at 20 years, I get 50% pension, you know? So, um, yeah, I mean, I, not very many people talk about financial freedom in the options, at least, at least in the circles I run around. And so, you know? and so yeah. with that, another question to add on to that is, do you find as a Lieutenant Colonel, um, I, I, I guess, pushback from your peers or your coworkers when they see what you're doing and they, they might mistake that for you not being as focused or committed to the military as they would like? No. Yes, is the answer to that. Um, and part of it's true. I mean, part of it is, is absolutely true. I am not as focused as I was a little earlier. And there's lots of reasons for that. Um, I've got a light at the end of the tunnel. It's just getting brighter and brighter every day. I need to prepare for what's on the other side of that tunnel. Um, I do that, uh, you know, I, I worked with, he's a, he's a great American, um, but he was calling me the slumlord, you know, he's like, oh, you're out slumlord, you know, um, a lot of times in my lunch break at the Pentagon, you know, I'm, I'm in the courtyard on a phone call or. Um, you know, somewhere where I have Wi-Fi typing out emails to brokers or property managers or whatever. And, uh, you know, um, sometimes I'll set up a call, you know, walk out of my office, you know, for 15, 20 minutes, come back in. He's like, were you out slumlording again? You know, I'm, well, <laughs> yes, I was actually, you know, but uh, um, on, the, on the flip side, you know, the, the first podcast episode that I was invited to be on um, was uh, from Military to Millionaire. And somebody in my office heard me on it that didn't know that I was, you know, doing uh, the slumlord business, um, you know, and she came in and said, I didn't know you were famous, you know, half joking, but uh, she's like, I heard you on that podcast. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, yeah. I mean, end of the day, am, am I a little less dedicated now than I was a year or two ago? The answer is yes, I am. Um, you know, I, I think my my work level has uh, dropped off a little bit. Um, you know, it's, my my mindset has, has definitely shifted. Um, the Marine Corps is no longer going in the same direction that I'm going. You know? yeah. um, 
a year ago, I got told I was going to deploy, you know, and that, that kind of rocked my world. I, you know, it's just one of those things where it was, it was the worst possible time in my life to go on a deployment. You know, we, we had just moved here. We had a lot of things going on. Um, a lot of friction in the family, um, kids in counseling, we just weren't in a good spot. And I get told by a general officer, congratulations, you're going on deployment. Okay. You, know, I'm just like, you know, I'll keep the family friendly, but, uh, you know, um, what I said when I walked out of his office was, uh, you know, not awesome. You know, this is the greatest thing ever. But, uh, you know, I, I think that moment kind of made everything very clear. You know, the Marine Corps exists for a reason, you know, and it also became very clear that my goals are no longer compatible with my, my career, you know, so in my mind, that was kind of the moment where I decided, okay, I need to start putting more eggs in the financial freedom basket that I'm putting in the, get the next promotion basket or get the next basket. Um, yeah, there, there's definitely been a noticeable drop off. Um, and, you know, I, I never wanted to be that guy. You know, I never wanted to be the one that was, you know, a little less dedicated to, to his job. But uh, you know, I'm finding that's, yes, I still work hard. I mean, I, I still I still try to get everything done, but um, my heart's not in it, to be yeah. honest. No, I, and I think we, we completely understand and relate to that um, I, because – we get, I, I get those questions, you know, as a, as a more senior captain now, it's like, Hey, you know, what are, what are you doing? Like you're out in the hallway because I can't have my phone inside the building texting yeah. property managers. And they're like, I'm like, yeah, well, you know, I'm getting my work done in four hours. You know, everyone yeah. else is chit chatting around and I'm not. Um, and, and you know, I, you got called a slumlord. I got called uh, a real estate mogul by a coworker. Uh, and he was obviously yeah. Not giving me praise, he was, he was uh, kind of shunning me because uh, he he found out I you know I was purchasing a, a 22 unit, uh, you know portfolio, and now I'm the the mogul to him, so he always sees me and says, hey you're the hey mogul, how's it going? And it's like, <laughs> okay, yeah. not a, you're not saying it as a compliment, you're saying it to kind of be a jerk, and but it's okay, you know it, it is what it is. So we we you know we, I, I I think at some level you know. At some level, there, there's probably a little bit of jealousy there. You know, at some level, he wishes he was you, you know. Um, and That's I've cool. kind of embraced the term slumlord at work, you know. So he called me slumlord. I'm like, all right, you know what? If you're going to keep on calling me slumlord, I'll own it, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, sure. So I mean, they want to uh, call me. That's, call that's, me slumlord all day, every day. That's just what happens when you try and go against the status quo. I mean. Some people wish that they could, and they don't. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, Brian, uh, to, to, to wrap it up, I always ask uh, these two questions, right? Uh, one is, what book um, would you recommend somebody that just come to you, they see you right now uh, in, in this podcast, and they come to you and say, well, I heard about you, um, and I want to start into this. What what book would you recommend right now for them to start reading? Uh, other than other than Rich Dad Poor Dad, because that's like yeah, everyone, other than Rich Dad. That's everyone's book. <laughs> there, there's a lot of good books. Um, you know, um, 
you know, I know Joe Fairless has, has a really good book and I don't have the name of it, but he's got like uh, um, a series of, of books and publications. You know, Michael Blanc has a really good one, Yellow Cover, and I can't remember the name of it too. Um, Rod Cleef has a good book. Um, you know, there, there's there's lots lots of good books and, you know, I wish I would have come a little better prepared on that one, but, uh, um, you know, any any one of those would help. Um, another one that, uh, that really opened my mind was... Um, the Millionaire Real Estate Investor by um, Gary Keller. Yeah. Um, you know, that one kind of opened my mind to, to what was possible with real estate. Um, it's about single family, not about multifamily. Um, but, uh, you know, he, he goes a lot through, you know, how what you have to do, what your mindset needs to be like to make this work. You know? yeah. and, and a lot of the things that he talks about in that book are applicable to multifamily. So... Um, yeah, there, there, there's a number of, number of books, you know, eventually there'll be one with the Four Oaks Capital logo on it, you know, that, uh, yeah. that everybody can rush to the bookstore and buy, but, uh, uh that, that's it. Awesome. The, uh, the last question, the last question, that, are you going to ask something? Yeah, I was, I was, I was going to say the Michael Blank mentorship. So I, yep. I got his, uh, deal analyzer and I think mm -hmm. that spreadsheet is amazing. Uh, but yep. do you recommend his, his mentorship. I, I'm moving to DC uh, in May. And, you know, I'm, I'm looking to go full force with this. And I've been looking, I've been really thinking, I'm hesitant about mentorship for a lot of reasons. You know, you always hear the, the guru takes the money and doesn't call you and doesn't talk to you. But what, what do you think? You know, you've been through it. So I would, I would say that mentorship is not for everybody. All right. Uh, most of the programs cost about the same amount of money. They're all you know, twenty, thirty thousand dollars, something like that. Um, but it's really what you're going to put into it. You know, um, what you what you get from Michael Blanc's mentorship program is a mentor, somebody who's been there and done that. Um, and I know several of his his coaches personally. You know, and one of Michael Blanc's criteria for coaches is they have to be doing real estate full time. If they can't have a day job, they have to have progressed to the point where they're doing it all full time. So in, in my case, um, it, it accelerated what, what I was able to do. Um, but you know, there, there's plenty of people out there that can do it without coaching. So you know, what, what you get is you know, um, a system. Um, what you get is somebody who can look over your shoulder at every step in the, point, step, every step in the road. Um, and also be an accountability part, uh, partner for you. So um, if that's what you think you need, then it's probably for you. Um, but yeah, it's, it's not for everybody. It's the answer to that. Gotcha. Thank you. Go ahead, John. Uh, so the last question, uh, Brian. If you could back, go back in time and meet your 18-year-old self, what advice would you give him? Focus the long term. You know, I, I think when I was 18, you know, as, as much as I thought I had things figured out when I was 18, you know, um, you know I, there, there was always part of me that said, I can worry about that later. I can worry about that later. You know, um, retirement. Uh, I'm 18 right now. I can worry about that later. Um, you know, I, I wish that I could go back to my 18-year-old self and basically teach the rich dad, poor dad principles in a way that, that I could have understood at the time. You know? Work on passive income. Um, my best friend's dad 
tried to teach that stuff to us. You know, um, um, my dad, an amazing human being, amazing person. He was not rich. You know, he told me that he basically told me, I cannot teach you about money. You need to find somebody who can. Um, you know, my, my best friend's dad tried to teach it to me, but I don't know. Um, my 18 year old self, I thought I knew everything. So, yeah. um, I mean, that's, that, the, that's, that's a hard question because I, I wasn't there mentally. I didn't understand. No, so, I, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I, 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 I feel you. I'm, I'm there too. I always tell myself, I wish I could go back and tell myself, do this. <laughs> yeah. I, I wish I could have, you know, given myself a lifeful moment at age 18 um, that would have just shifted my mindset. Yep. Um, I, I just did not have a mindset to be able to, to do that. Definitely. All right, Brian. So, where can where can the viewers find more information about you and your company, Four Oaks Capital? Um, so, the website's uh, fouroakscapital.com. Um, my email address is uh, Brian Briscoe. You just got to spell it right. Uh, I'm sure you guys will have it in the show notes. But Brian Briscoe at fouroakscapital.com. You know, super easy to get in touch with me. Um, you know, if you go to our website, there there's a there's a little you know click through where you can type your your contact information in and, and you know somebody from you know one of the four Oaks team members will give you a call within 24 hours so um you know that's that's what we're advertising so far so far we've been able to do it awesome all right brian well thank you so much for uh coming on as a guest on the millionaire enlisted uh we we really thank you you know we appreciate you being one of our our first our first guests and yeah we we hope you have a great time there at the at the Rock Beef event. And I'm sure we'll uh, we'll chat in the future and we'll stay in touch. Um, if there's anything we could, we could help out with, don't hesitate to reach out to us as well. Awesome. Hey, thanks. You guys have been great. You know, I, I love what you guys are doing and uh, wish you the best of luck. And I'm going to say the same thing to you. Anything I can do for you, you know, don't hesitate to reach out. Thank All you, right. Brian. Awesome. Thanks.